Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Manning look. He's hit his sack. The ball is out. Chris Clemens fell on it. And the Jags are going to beat the New York Giants. It is Thursday, September 26th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who will host your event for food, J.P. Shadrick. Feed me. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Leon Searcy for the next hour. What's up, guys? How you doing, gentlemen? What's up? I got a feeling that there's something to that. Are you? That's are you okay? Don't, we don't need to delve too why deep not? down that. Why not? Let's go. Let's no, no, go no, down okay. that road, JP. It's, okay. it's quite okay. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. What I'm referring He's to is a you know, hosting of events for it's food. Okay. It's okay. All right. You don't want to go there? No. Mm. We, I mean, we just went there, but that's okay. All let's right. move away from there. Here's hey, what's coming hey, up. I'm on with the, you though. I do it for food <laughs> too. The food's got to be good. On the program today, of course. The Ramsey response after everything that has happened this week. Jalen Ramsey away from the football team. Minshew mania continues. We'll break it all down. Jaguars Broncos preview. We'll uh, peek around the National Football League as well. And of course, in an hour from now, 5 o'clock, the Doug Marone Show. We'll hear from the head coach live in studio. Let's start with the Jalen Ramsey situation this week and what a week it has been. Called out sick on Monday. Players were off Tuesday anyway. A sore back was on the report Wednesday, did not practice, and then off to Nashville Wednesday night in an announcement from head coach Doug Marone for the birth of his second child. And no real timetable on when he will be back with this football team. What a week it's been around Jalen Ramsey, guys. Uh, Have y'all seen one like this? uh, No. Never. Mm -mm. Especially in my era. I've never seen anything. I'm just saying, listen, I was talking about this earlier today. I mean, listen, in 1996, I just signed with the Jaguars. My my wife was pregnant with my second daughter, Kenya. She was born September 19th, right in the middle of the season. Okay, I went there and made sure she was okay. Saw the birth of my daughter, made sure my wife was good. And then next day, I'm at practice. I'm at practice because if I had taken any more days off than one day, I mean, the fellas, listen, Lagerman was in that locker room, too. He would have said, Sir, what's the deal, bro? We're trying to win a football game. How are you taking two, three days off of paternity? Did you deliver the baby? I mean, I know him. I, listen, I know the guys in that locker room. Trust me. So, you listen, I, 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 listen, I understand that family and kids trump football. Okay? That, that's Absolutely. Important. Family and kids trump football. So, I understand it. But if this was, if this was relayed to us on Monday, you know, before the sickness and before the back and, and all the stuff, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. If, he, if, if it came out money, hey, listen, I'm not going to be, I probably won't make the game because I'm going to see my, my girlfriend who's having my second child going to Nashville, then maybe it's understandable. I'm not sure about the whole week and missing the game, but, you know, missing a few practices, I, I would have understood that if this had came out first, but it didn't, so it looks kind of odd. It's just, it, it just, I think it's the compilation <clears throat> of everything together. That I think kind of makes the whole situation odd because I mean you you go back to you have the incident in Houston, and then you have the the request for a trade, and uh, and then you have a bizarre press conference, and then you have a post game interview to where uh, there's not really you don't learn anything from it, you don't understand anything from it, and then the next thing you know he's got the flu, and then once he gets back from the flu, and there are reports that he was in L.A. 
around that same time. And then also you come back and he doesn't practice and then he doesn't practice. And then all of a sudden a statement's released by the team and that he's off to be there for the birth of his second child, which look, I'm all for that kind of thing. Uh, but it, but it all together, it just, it just makes it look odd. And, and I think the one thing I think that's very apparent because when you, when you talk to all the different fans that are in Jacksonville, and Leon knows this very well. He kind of got called out a little bit on it today. <laughs> and that you have some fans that think Jalen is in the right, mm-hmm. and you have some that wants to uh, – that thinks the team's in the right, that management's in the right, that, that Doug Marone is okay. But then there's people, you know, that want to – some group blames Jalen. Some blame Doug Marone. Some blame Tom Coughlin. Some blame Dave Caldwell. So you have – this huge diversity of opinion, or should I say divisiveness mm-hmm. of opinion in the community. Well, guess what the locker room is? But it's about the yeah, same it's thing. The same. It's, it's the same it's way. Be. It is. It's the same way. It's no different than what the fan base's opinions are. And I guarantee you that the locker room right now is, number one, tired of answering questions about Jalen Ramsey. Tired of dealing with the issues of Jalen Ramsey, and I'm sure that they want some resolution one way or the other, mm-hmm. more so than anybody else, because it's their football team and it's it's becoming a distraction. And, and here, here, here's how I would be if, if I was Jalen's teammate. One, I'm tired of it. Number two, I'm tired of answering questions about it. And number three, are you with us or are you not with us? Because we've got we've got a football season to play. Yeah, it's not like it's a lost season yet either. I mean, this Mm-mm. is a season where there's some hope, and uh, you know they have a little momentum right now. It feels like you know an offense. Is I, I, to me, that's the, the last one is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. If if you don't want to be with us, fine. I mean, go, mm-hmm. go. I mean, go. We'll we'll be fine without you. But I mean, that would hurt me. If I'm a member of this team, that I've, I've got, we got a guy on our team that doesn't want to be with us. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here with his brothers. And you know, and look, the head coach can talk about how much Jalen loves football all he wants, and he has. Yes, Doug but, has said that a lot. But yeah. you got to love your teammates yeah. and want to be with your teammates. Yeah, and listen, and winning football games is is hard enough to do in the NFL week in and week out. You know, because you get you deal with a lot of factors, you deal with injuries, you deal with game planning, you deal with players, this, this, and that. So to have someone there who's supposed to be your teammate, supposed to be your brother in arms, supposed to be there with you, creating problem and dissension within the locker room. And I, I don't know. Listen, we're only speculating. I'm sure there's guys there who like on Jalen's side. There's guys there who are tired of Jalen, but that's divisiveness at, at, at its best. And listen, I was on the team in '96. You remember this, Jeff? In '96, with that, the whole thing with uh, Andre Rising. Mm-hmm. The whole issue with Andre Rising. There was clear division in that locker room between Andre Rising whether we should keep him or, or let him go, and the locker room was separated. And the, the best thing for the team at that particular time was to get rid of Rising. Because there was a dissension, and we were trying to go go into the season and win football games. So anytime you got a guy who is clearly decisive in the that's creating division in the locker room, the management has to make up their mind and say, "Hey, listen, are we going to keep dealing with these issues, or are we going to or, or part ways from this to try to start winning some football games?" Yeah, don't I don't want anybody to misconstrue what what me and Leon our opinion about Jalen as far as look. If you're sick, you're sick. 
Not going to argue that. Right. If it's legitimate and you're sick, you're sick. Stay away. Uh, injuries happen in the National Football League, and if you can't practice, you get a Delft. That's nothing that's uncommon in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Mm-hmm. And then if if you are going out of town to be there for the birth of your second child, I'm all for that. Yeah. And, and Leon's all for that. I mean, that's look, there's nothing more important than family. I mean, because you know what? When, when it's 30 years down the road and you're sitting there looking back going, Boy, I really should have been there at practice instead of there for the birth of my child. You're not going to say that. <laughs> it's, it's more important to be there, you know, for your your wife, girlfriend, birth of your child, and those type of things. I mean, so I'm I'm all for that. But it it feels it feels odd, and it's kind of the the going to Nashville thing was kind of, it's kind of open ended, right? Is is he is he going there for a day or two, and then he's going to come back and be able to be there for his teammates? Is he going to be there and then maybe play it by ear. I mean, however it works out, it works out. But it's just everything, I think, together in its entirety, I think, makes the whole situation odd. And then you go back to the to the root issue here or the root issues, the root issue for the team, I think, should be that you have a player that put his hands on the coach. And that still hasn't been – Has been addressed. It really hasn't been all. addressed. And then – the the root issue apparently from Jalen's side of things is that his displeasure with management. Well, we don't get to hear from management. Has Jalen had a conversation with management? Has there been a, a a gathering of those people to maybe see if things can can work out? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much that is still kind of unanswered, so to speak, or that uh, the the loose ends haven't been tied up so to speak that you're just kind of going what is going on and uh and it just kind of leaves you hanging well now it leaves the defensive coordinator hanging as well todd wash has to figure out a couple of different ways to go about this game will he have jalen will he not have jalen on sunday's a big question for him he does know he's confident in the guy who would take jalen's place that's trey herndon I even asked the DB coaches yesterday, I said, does he ever talk? Um, You know, but what what he does is he does. He comes in, works, um, he prepares. And anything that he is given by the position coaches or or whatever it may be, he's going out there and he's going to do it the best of his ability. Um, You know, you got to give a lot of credit to the kid, obviously coming in as a, a college free agent, how he's improved so much. You know, and not only can he play outside, he's our backup nickel. Um, you, you know, and we feel very, very comfortable with him playing either spot, either outside or inside. So it's a lot of credit to, to him and, you know, where he's made himself. Yeah, so, of course, the, the statement from Doug Marone last night said he'll return to the team when he's ready. That's Jalen Ramsey, and we'll provide an update at that time. So what does that mean? That might mean that Trey Herndon gets to, to play on Sunday in Denver. How did Trey Herndon play the last time out two weeks ago? I thought two weeks ago – that uh, that he played well enough, and that was going back to the Houston game. Correct, when he filled in for Boye. I thought that he played well enough that because of the way that Boye played in the first game that you would go, well, you know what? Trey Herndon is maybe making a case that he should get maybe some playing time. Hmm. And uh, so I thought he played well, and he had a, a, a pretty tough task because he was, had to cover stills and also Will Fuller the fifth in, in that ball game, which those two guys have some pretty good speed. I, I think he did a pretty good job overall. And so do I feel good about him playing this week? Yes, I feel good about him. I don't think the Broncos have a receiver that scares you. 
and Joe Flacco's not playing that well. So is this a game that you could that you could live without Jalen Ramsey? Sure, but is it is it uh, a step down in talent level from Trey Herndon to Jalen Ramsey? I mean, yeah, everybody knows that. I mean, it's Jalen Ramsey's one of one of the best in the league, and that that's no argument there. Well, this would be one, Leon, where you know, if <clears throat> let's just hypothetically say the baby comes on today, uh, we have, we don't know the timetable or tomorrow, and then he gets on a private jet Saturday from Nashville and goes to Denver and joins the team and plays on Sunday. Could that even be possible, Jalen? It could be, like I, a, like a Deion Sanders type of thing. I, it it could be. I mean, I, I don't know that if he has that in his repertoire, but if I mean, it, it, that would show he's a team player. If he does, if he, if he sees the birth of his child and he decides on Friday, I'm going to go see the team on Saturday and I'm going to permit. I don't see how the Jaguars wouldn't play him on Sunday. Listen, as much as Hearn is getting an opportunity to play, you know, Jalen Ramsey gives us the best chance to win. I mean, he's the best DB in the country, you know. Yeah. He, he, the first half, the one side of the field is completely shut down when you've got that guy in there. So if you can have him play, you have him play. But, you know, this Hearn is getting a tremendous opportunity to play, so let's see if he makes the most of it. But I would be surprised. <laughs> right, sure. I would be shocked. I would too. Who, who, who knows? Yeah, you I mean, still know at this point. I mean, he, this he, is he, taking so many twists and turns already. Wouldn't that be another one? Another one of those moments to where you just kind of go, hmm. <laughs> what was that soap opera called? These are the days of our lives. Yeah. This is it. This is it. This is what we I had. used to watch that back in Did college. You? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Days of our lives. Yeah. Days oh, of our yeah. lives. Okay. Yeah. That was that was uh, back you know in college, Leon, when you had that little bit of free time between classes and you know classes. You know what we used to go to at UVA. Yeah, I went to class. Oh, I was, oh, yeah. oh really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shocking! Breaking news. Uh, we used to have a couple guys that we used to watch that. I mean, it was. It's like the only thing that was on television. You had three, that, that's true. You had three channels. Exactly. Three channels. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go back. We've delved into the Ramsey saga on one hand. Let's go to the exact opposite when we come back. Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania. We'll break it all down. Where it's going to go from here. Who knows? Prior to each game, entertain guests in air-conditioned suite to the public's ultimate tailgate party presented by Party Shack. Visit jacksvillage.com and reserve your suite today for the next Jaguars home game against the Saints. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ford's SUV season is here. If you're looking for the brand with more SUVs on the road today, get a Ford. If you're looking for hands-free tech and spacious seating, get a Ford. And if you're looking for the best deal of the season, get a Ford during SUV season. But hurry, these deals won't last long. Get to your local Ford dealer or learn more at buyfordnow.com. Based on IHS market total vehicles and operation as of October 2018 for all CUV and SUV segments. 
This NFL season, the pregame starts at Duncan for DD Perks members. Because this game day, Duncan is offering Jaguars fans a $1 medium hotter iced coffee. So don't just celebrate your team's success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and start celebrating before the game even begins. You heard that right, Jaguars fans. Duncan is giving you some extra fuel to cheer on your team. So this game day, it's easy for you to get a kick before kickoff. The Jaguars in America run on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limited one per member. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. getting a whole whole bunch more reps than you know I have in the past so you're able to kind of work on everything um, and, and it is you know it's a lot of work but it's it's so much fun especially you know when you see your chemistry getting better with guys on the team you know see you're starting to hit these balls that you might have been missing or you know you, you feel the you know trust and the confidence you're growing you know with your teammates um, it's, it's a lot of fun to build. Gardner Minshew the second Jaguars quarterback Earlier this week, welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday. JP Shadrick, Jeff Logham, and Leon Searcy, from Jalen Ramsey to Gardner Minshew, and if it wasn't for the Ramsey stuff, he would be the top Jaguar story nationally. He's still a big story nationally after what he's done in two games and three quarters worth of football here. How long does this thing last for Gardner? Uh, I mean, he's going to look like a rookie at some point, right? I, I honestly, I I keep waiting for him to look like a rookie. I mean, I keep waiting for it. And uh, I, I, I made the prediction when Jaguars are going to Houston and our little uh, expert column, you know, that John Osher puts together with everybody's thoughts on the game. And I said, you know, this might be tough for a rookie quarterback going in to a hostile environment with a veteran defensive coordinator like Romeo Cornell. Sure. And, and he's probably going to look like a rookie because the metrics showed that they usually don't have success on the road in their first start ever. Well, played pretty well. Mm. When he had to, yes. Mm. A lot of that game the offense sputtered, but yeah, at the end sputtered. when it mattered, he got him down the field but, twice. Mm. You know, then you know? then all of a sudden, prime time on a short week against a division rival, and he comes out and and I don't want to say that he was lights out and Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he was that. But he was good and he was doing some things and identification and and the way he reads plays that you don't see that by rookies. Now, for example, and Leon, you might remember this play, the touchdown to Chark. He literally, he gets the snap, and as soon as he gets the snap, he looks to his right. 
And why is he looking to his right? Because you got a you got a center field safety and he's trying to mm-hmm. hold. Him. So he's he knows where he's going with the football. Gets the snap, looks right, yeah. freezes the safety, or he's trying to quote unquote move the safety with his eyes, comes back and throws a touchdown to Chark, and the safety has no chance of even getting over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna show that tonight on Jaguars All Access. Because I mean, you don't see a rookie doing that. No. No. You don't. I, no. The best thing about Gardner Minshew to me is that He's a six-round rookie in the big boy league of the NFL, and he's not supposed to be doing this, and he's doing it. So don't don't tell him that he's not supposed to be doing this. He's not supposed to be having over 70% completion. He's not supposed to have five in the se- five touchdowns and one in the, just one interception. One interception wasn't even his, it wasn't even his no, fault. Hit, hit and then he should have had six touchdowns because, you know, a touchdown was dropped in the end zone. Seven. Like, seven. Six, seven. <laughs> yes, you're right, seven. He should have had seven touchdowns. Marquise Lee on a sneak yes. route. Oh, boy, yeah. he oh, doesn't he, get he a block. Yeah, yeah, he oh should. boy, he doesn't get the block, and he can't find Marquise. We're gonna look at that one tonight. So I think I think that's the best thing going for this kid because initially when he came into the KC game, I thought the kid was playing with house money. Nobody really expected him to go in there and do anything, whatever. Then he gets his first start against the Texans. Starts slow, gets into the fourth quarter, gives us an opportunity, drives down. Not only with his arm, with his legs, we scrambling to get that first down or whatever, gives us an opportunity to win. Then on prime time. Prime time against the Titans, a team that we hadn't beat, what, like five tries, six They're tries or whatever? Sure. He goes in there, wasn't lights out, but listen, goes through his progressions, makes that pass. That pass to D.D. Westbrook, everybody talked about him when he came out of the combine that he didn't have that NFL arm. But he made that throw. He made that throw over two defenders. Then that, that touchdown to Chark in the end zone. So the kid, the kid is playing. You know, I, I like to refer this to poker because I enjoy poker. You know, I got two jacks in my hand right now, and the flop, there's a jack. I'm gonna play my chips. I'm not all in on Minshew right now, but you're gonna keep each betting. week. Each week, I'm gonna start keep betting. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> betting on Minshew until I'm all in. Uh, right now, I, listen, I'm putting my chips in for Minshew every week until until he proves me wrong. Yeah, he's it, he's, it's, he's he's different though. I mean, it's uh, you know Doug Brown keeps using the word he's different. He's different. He's different. Well, he's different because he's a six round pick and he's having success. In the National Football League, mm-hmm. when's the last time a six-round pick rookie quarterback or any late-round pick quarterback has ever had success right out of the gate in the National Football League? I don't. Tom, I don't, who? I was. Tom I, I was yeah, not go his there. first year. No, 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 not, yeah, wasn't his. Wasn't his first year starting? I'm not sure. I don't think it was his rookie. No, year. I don't think it was rookie yet. No, mm, Tom did this I mean, rookie. Still, I mean. That's the only comparison I can think of, but Tom didn't – he didn't do this as rookie yet, though. No, and, and I, I want to make sure that uh, we don't uh, give ourselves a speeding ticket here. I mean, the offense is averaging about 19 points a game. and they. But, but here's, here's the other thing. What kind of a running game has Minshew, a rookie quarterback, had to support? Not much of a running game now. Mm-hmm. I mean, prior to the 69-yard run – if I remember correctly, he was, he was 14 carries for minus yardage mm-hmm. in the minus ball game three, yeah, minus for three. Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. So if you get a better running game or a more successful running game, what can that do for the performance of your quarterback in the passing game? It would naturally make it easier or better. And so he's been able to do some of these things, 70-plus completion percentage, protecting the football um, protecting himself, not taking sacks, not getting delay of games, not using timeouts unnecessarily, which is probably – those things are probably more impressive mm-hmm. than anything else, just yeah. the management of the offense. Yeah. 
because you're talking about a rookie. And, and, and I want to make sure I say this because it's not all about Minshew either. You know, first of all, he's got to have a great supporting cast. Uh, I think Linder's helping him out. Mm -hmm. I think the receivers certainly are helping him out, and DJ Chark has been amazing. In fact, he should be a big, as big a story as Minshew should be. But the coaching staff, John D. Filippo, the job that he has been able to do with Gardner Minshew, I think is impressive. Scott Milanovic, the quarterback's coach. Uh, those guys cannot be – their their performance or effort cannot be underestimated in the success of Gardner Minshew. How do you jumpstart the run game on the offensive line? What – what, uh, we asked a few guys well, about this this week, but just from the outside looking in. Well, I mean, listen, the run game is not established on Sunday. The run game is established the week before the game. It's a mindset. I mean, you've got to go into a game on Sunday with the mindset that you're going to run the football. Whatever you need to do as offense, as an offensive line. I know when we was here, when me and Baselli was here, I mean, as, as, as phenomenal of a passing team, we were with, with Mark Brunel and Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell. We were literally come off to the sideline and say, run the ball, you know, because enough of this passing stuff. Left how, how did you say that? You left out a word. Well, I left out a word. I'm not sure if you can say, I'm not sure if you can say damn, but we say run the damn ball. Okay, so we used to come to the sideline and say run the damn ball. And then we had phenomenal athletes. You had phenomenal players on our team. But it's a mindset. Listen, we used to, we used to gather together as a group, with the offensive line and the running backs. And we will watch the film together. We will watch the film and we will say to ourselves, okay, okay, here's a hole here, here's a hole here. You know, because the meat and potatoes of your run game is your two guards in your center, your ability to double team the, the one to get to the mic, and your ability to single block the three technique and run in, in between the tackles. So that, that has got to be established by this team if you're going to run the ball interiorly. You've got to establish that. But that doesn't happen overnight. It happens Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Whatever drills you're doing, as a, whatever drills you're doing as offensive line, as far as get-offs, staying low, being physical with your hands, bending your knees, rolling your hips, all that kind of stuff, you've got to incorporate that kind of stuff in your offense of coordinating your offensive line coach. Say, look, we got to get this game going because we got to help this kid. Because if the offensive line gets a running game going, this kid is going to be even more phenomenal. Man, Doug Rohn's talked uh, a couple different times and mentioned the offensive line needing to get better. I, I, I'm a big believer in that. It's not just about the offensive line. I'm a big believer in that Leonard Fournette's got to be better too. And uh, there's some holes that he missed that he could have created some things for the offense mm -hmm. if he's got better vision. Now, a lot of times people say, well, why, why is Leonard Fournette doing the, the short steps, which indicates he – and there's a term for that, and I'm not going to use the, the term for it, mm -hmm. but it's, it's stepping gingerly. I'll, I'll just say that. And, and for me – that means that he, he's indecisive in where he wants to run the ball when he's pitter-pattering. That's another way to describe it. And uh, if his vision gets better or is better, then he can be more decisive and then you're not seeing the pitter-patter of the feet. You know, so uh, the running game is always a shared deal. It, it's from the offensive line to the running backs and tight ends. you got to include them in there, and, and there's no fullbacks in that mix because they're a part of the tight ends too. But they, everybody's got to be better. And if anybody wants to sit there and point the finger at one area of concern mm -hmm. that why it's not working, then they're mistaken right. because that's not how it works. Well, Doug yeah. started with the O-line, but mm -hmm. it is a collective. Yeah, but, but also, also, and you saying that about Leonard the pitter padding, whatever, if he's not used to seeing holes, he doesn't know where they're going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so if if he if you're not consistently giving him holes or what they call it, yeah, daylight, running the daylight, 
then he's going to be pitter patter waiting for it to happen. So if the offensive line, I'm going to always build on the offensive line. If the offensive line were a little bit more consistent in creating holes, mm-hmm. so Leonard could see him because you know at, at times it's, I think his vision is questionable. At times, I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. I don't think there's but, any doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's you, you turn the film on to yeah, Philip Lindsay yeah, exactly. and watch Philip Lindsay, and he's 180, 190 pound, mm-hmm. five foot, what eight back, something like that, and all of a sudden he's like, he's got great vision, and that's something that that Leonard doesn't have, and and that's why you remember we had. Was it two years ago we were talking about this debate? What what kind of scheme does Leonard Fournette need to run in? A gap scheme or a zone scheme? Well, and the consensus was he needs to run a gap scheme. You know, have the fullback in front and then have a defined hole. Because when you have a defined hole, that's the momentum and he's going to hit it. Well, the zone scheme is that's where you got to have vision as a back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Terrell Davis, the yep. Thurman Thomas is some of the great backs in the National Football League. Philip Lindsay has great vision to run a zone type of scheme, and that's not that's not Leonard's forte is the zone scheme. And the reason I don't think that that's his forte is I, I don't think he has that great vision that a back needs to have to run that type of scheme. And I, and I hope that, you know, the offensive line can do a better job to make it easier for him to be decisive. And uh, And the other thing, I will say this. Why not give a couple totes to Rock Armstead? So that's yeah. Leonard played has played 167 snaps out of 177 on offense this season. He's only missed 10 snaps all season. Oh, snaps! Well, I not look. Just, I give him credit. Obviously. Look, he's been he's been really good in pass protection, which yeah. is what they wanted yeah. him to be. I mean, in fact, this past game, I mean, he was flat out mean right. in mm-hmm. pass protection, which is a great step for him. Something which is he didn't yeah, do real a lot positive. And uh, and he's been very good out of the backfield. He's got, I think, a couple drops. But, uh, but I mean, overall, I think he's been very effective. He's been uh, in tune with everything they need to do. You know, but, I mean, you got a draft pick in Armstead. And, and uh, especially like that, the, after the long run, you got a 69-yard run. Okay, now put in Armstead and let Leonard have a, an opportunity to catch his breath because the plays that he had after that long run were not that great. I think you he know, scores so, in the long run if he's not worn out either. Well, maybe. Like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember anybody ever catching him. Before. Maybe not. I mean, look, he's incredibly fast. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And So, I mean, you know, give, give Armstead an opportunity and, uh, and let's see where it goes. And I'm not saying take away 50% of the carries for Fournette. No. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like, you know, 75, 25, or 80, 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah, but he's been outstanding on that bliss pickup. Yeah, you know with a really rookie good. quarterback, with a rookie quarterback, you know the defense coordinator is going to put some heat on him. So he's been picking up on those blitzes real well. Speaking yeah, he, of heat, um, guess what's on the menu this week um, from the outside linebackers for Denver, who we'll good. get to when we come back. Get ready for Minshew Mania for the Saints-Jags game, October 13th. Enjoy 15% off tickets and no fees when you order at jaguars.com slash tickets. That's basically 30% off total. Use the promo code Minshew at jaguars.com slash tickets. We'll touch on the Denver Broncos and how in the world are they sackless on defense this season. We're back in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. 
1995, Tito Beveridge set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers who can provide first-class customer service. Recognized as a best place to work on the First Coast, they'll train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you'll need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, hot deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. Welcome back to Jags Happy Hour with your Jaguars digital update. I'm Ashlyn Sullivan. Only really one injury update this week, and that's tight end Josh Oliver. Did not practice today after participating in individual drills earlier in the week. He's still week to week, and the Jags definitely want him back. As we all know, Minshew Mania has completely swept Jacksonville and the nation. It's also swept the locker room. Just ask Brandon Linder. Minshew Mania. It's, it's crazy. Um, the kids got something to them, you know. Like I, I can't put my finger on it, um, but, but the kids got something to them. Um, I'm excited for them. Nothing's too big for him. The stage isn't too big for him. So, uh, Minshew Mania. <laughs> Let's go on, baby. 
Stay tuned to hear if head coach Doug Marone has mentioned mania in the next hour of the Doug Marone Show, coming up at 5 o'clock. Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Richie Mathis just got it. He's going to the 15-10-5. Touchdown, Jaguars. They beat the Steelers. We're back, Jaguars. Happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Leon Searcy. Jeff Lagerman, glad you're with us. Jags and the Broncos coming up Sunday, 425 Eastern Time kickoff. Ashlyn Sullivan with the update there. Yeah, Minshew Mania. uh, If you're on radio listening to us, uh, Brandon Linder at the end of the interview put his finger over his upper lip as if he had a mustache. That was part Mm. of the the deal there. Um, Now, to the other side. And the Denver Broncos are 0-3. And they have not had a takeaway on defense. They have not had a sack on defense this year. Von Miller still plays for the football team. Bradley Chubb had, what, 12 and a half sacks a year ago. He's now in his second season. He's been held out of there this year. How far away are they from some of these logs? Well, let me say this uh, about how rare it is for a team to go three games into the season without a sack, without a takeaway. Right. It's never happened before. Ever. No, wow. never Since happened in the league have before. Been a stat, yeah. uh, which I think sacks started becoming a stat 82. in 1982. So incredibly rare, and uh, they are two phenomenal players on the edge, both Chubb and Miller. And I think a big part of their lack of pressure, their offense has only scored like 15 points a game. Joe Flacco's not been very good. Yeah, so uh, to rush the passer, you got to have a little bit of a lead. For example, look at the Jaguars this past game. You get two scores, bang, bang, and you're up 14 and nothing, and now all of a sudden the opponent feels a little bit of a need to throw the football, and you have a, a defense that has had zero sacks from their defensive line prior to that game on Thursday night, and all of a sudden they break out for eight and a half on the defensive line in one game because they got a 14-point lead early in that ball game, and the the Broncos have not had that for their team yet. And you know, when th- it's going to come at some point. Obviously, you don't want it to happen this week. But, Leon, if you are, let's say you're right tackle, and here's Von Miller, three-time All-Pro, multiple Pro Bowler on the other side who hasn't had a sack yet. Mm-hmm. What do you prepare for if you're one-on-one? What, what do I do? What do I ask for? Run the ball. <laughs> run the run, ball first. Run, let her run. <laughs> exactly. Listen, you, you, you've got to be able to run the ball against Von Miller because if, if you become one-dimensional, Von Miller has probably one of the quickest first steps off the ball that I've seen by a defense run. I mean, he reminds me a lot of a guy I played up against, unfortunately, at Arrowhead and Derek Thomas. Uh-huh. Derek Thomas was as quick as quick as a cat, especially coming off the ball, especially around the air. It reminds me a lot of that. It doesn't give you a lot to hit, too, as well. never gives you a full body. He's always giving you a half a body. He's always moving his body, maneuvering his body. So it's going to be a tough task with Joe Taylor because you, not only do you have to deal with Von Miller, I deal with the crowd noise. And mass majority of the time of the game, if the Jaguars, which I'm hoping it doesn't happen, if the Jaguars get fall behind early, now you put yourself, you put your rookie in a predicament where he's going to have to pass predict against this guy because the Jaguars are feeling a little bit of desperation trying to get back in the game and having to throw the ball. So the best, the best thing that can happen for this Jaguars offense in this game is to run the ball, to be, to be, to be 
to be able to run the ball and pass the ball because that takes the pressure off the tackles. Now, I'm not sure who's going to be playing that left and right. I know Jawan's going to be at right. I'm not sure. Sounds like Cam. Cam's Cam. going to start yeah. this year. Yeah. So, Cam's I mean, going to get gonna, more. He's going to have his hands full, too. Bradley Chubb, I mean, he gets yeah. after it as well. Sure. So, the, the best thing that you can do for these, you know, young tackles, left and right tackles for the Jaguars is to have some balance. Give them an opportunity to run the ball. Give them an opportunity to not, where they're not in third and long situations where they have to protect the quarterback a lot longer. So I, I would say the best thing is to run the ball to give your tackles a chance against these phenoms that rush the passer. Yeah, and Leon's right. I mean, that if you can have manageable third downs and you can get to manageable third downs by controlled passing attack and then also running the football successfully. Now, if you're looking at third and three or third and four, then all of a sudden the ears aren't as pinned back, so to speak, for a pass rusher. Because the reality is, Von Miller, look at his numbers. He's got 98 career sacks, and now he's in his ninth year. So he basically got 98 regular season career sacks in eight years. That's averaging 12 sacks a year. 12 sacks a year. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's yeah. phenomenal. That is. There's two guys in the league that has the sacks per game numbers that are just ridiculous, and that's J.J. Watt and Von Miller. And I think Von Miller is, is, might be higher. But uh, it is crazy to think. And then all of a sudden you got a second-year player, Bradley Chubb, on the other side. Uh, you've got Von Miller averaging 12 a year, and then Bradley Chubb in his rookie year came out and had 12. You know, so these guys are phenomenal football players. Bradley Chubb was a consensus uh, first-round pick. Many people wanted him. He was fifth overall, kind of fell into the lap of the Denver Broncos, and they did the right thing and took him. I mean, you're talking about two of the best edge defenders in football. I don't care if they don't have a sack. I don't care if they don't have a takeaway yet because I do know this. These two guys have the ability to dominate. That's how good they are. And if you, if, you play to, if you play their style of game, which means you get behind the, behind the chains, or if you get behind on the scoreboard, it'll make for one incredibly long day because you've got to remember something now. They have like 400 or how many consecutive sellouts? 404 mm-hmm. in Denver, home sellouts. Gets loud. And that place can rock. And ain't no doubt if all of a sudden they've got a – uh, two-score lead, two-possession lead, and it's third and long, you think you're going to be able to hear a snap count or have a snap count? Mm-mm. And so you're talking about that quick first step that Von Miller has. You think it's quick? Wait till you got to go silent count. Mm-hmm. Then it's really quick. And then I remember this is some years ago when they were here, the Broncos came in here for a game, and it was late, and they needed a sack to, to end the game. And it was – he was shut down all day. But here comes in a moment when they needed a pass rush, he found a way, got home, sack fumble. Good night. See you next week. So, I mean, go, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. He was disruptive. <laughs> I mean, the, the Carolina Panthers offensive line did not have an answer for no. him the whole game. He killed him. Whole game. Killed him. So we got that going for us. Oh, Sunday, yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, look, and, and kind of part of that, Who's going to face Von Miller? Von Miller is, for the most part, he's a left-side pass rusher. So, Jawan Taylor's going to see him. Against the right tackle, yeah. So, and here, here's the reality. Jawan Taylor's a good football player. I mean, he, is he perfect? No. Does he still got some things he needs to get better at with his hands? Yes. 
But I think the one thing that has impressed me about him, he's faced some really good players already, and he has handled them. And the one thing that he has, I think, that is a gift, he is incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that – you go back to like Luke Jokel. Luke Jokel used to have to be able to worry about power, and he had to prepare for power, and he got into that bad ha- habit of ducking his head. Mm-hmm. Juwan Taylor don't need to duck his head. He's one of these guys that just – he engulfs people, and he handles their power, and they just – and he just absorbs it. It's not a big deal for him. And, and what what's scary is when he finally gets it, he's going to be punishing guys. Punishing. I'm telling you, I watched him. I mean, he's I a, he's him. a puppy out there. He's on the chain. He's not a pit bull yet, but when he becomes a pit, he's going to start punishing people. Trust me. And he he moves people in the run game now. Mm-hmm. When he wants to, when he when he gets it going on the run game, he can move people. He is uh, he is going to be. In my opinion, I think you're talking about you, you've got a, a, a guy that's going to be in a conversation every year for the Pro Bowl at some point, mm-hmm. and he is, your, he is your right tackle for a decade. I like that. I like it too. That's nice. Am I, am I off? Am no, I, you're right. Okay. You're right. You're spot on. I just want to make sure I was accurate there to get, mm-hmm. my, get the back end of a former right tackle. Got us all fired up, Luck. I like him. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I – I liked him in the draft. I didn't like him as a, as the top pick because he was a right tackle, and that for me that's a little bit high for that position. But I mean, this guy, Juwan Taylor, is a, is a good football player. Good football player. Let's come back. We'll go around the league a little bit. Some other things happening. There are other teams in the National Football League. We'll touch on some of those mm-hmm. when we come back and get some final thoughts about the the Jags Broncos matchup this Sunday at Mile High in Denver. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. In Florida, bicyclists have these same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. Ford's SUV season is here. If you're looking for the brand with more SUVs on the road today, get a Ford. If you're looking for hands-free tech and spacious seating, get a Ford. And if you're looking for the best deal of the season, get a Ford during SUV season. But hurry, these deals won't last long. Get to your local Ford dealer or learn more at buyfordnow.com. Based on IHS market total vehicles and operation as of October 2018 for all CUV and SUV segments. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. 
DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jaguars happy hour continues. The Jags get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35-2 headphones. Learn more at Bose.com slash Jaguars, the official headphones of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go around the National Football League and start off with Super Bowl 54 in South Florida. The halftime show has been announced, the Pepsi Super Bowl 54 halftime show. Sunday, February 2nd features... Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Mm. Pretty good. Yes. Logs? I like it. Yeah, binocular watch. (laughs) (laughs) That was just announced today. There you go. It'll be a good show. What's the best halftime show ever? Best halftime show that I saw ever? Uh, I was in Miami for the Super Bowl when Prince. Prince was good. I liked the Prince one. Yeah, that was good. I'm a big Prince fan. Yeah, I am too. We we grew up in that era. Yes, we did. Purple Rain and all that. I like to. I have that era thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in your era. Uh, So I remember the press conference when Prince, they announced him and they did a press conference, right? And there was a whole band on stage and Prince goes up. He's like, I'll take some questions. First question gets his ass. He's like, all right, and nope, never mind. And then he starts play. And they do like four songs straight in the press conference. That's cool. Which that is, is pretty cool. cool. Uh, is pretty didn't cool. didn't who? The who uh, I do think one? has played one. I know the Rolling Stones did one. Rolling Stones did one. It was good. I mean, they've gone through everybody now. Tom Petty did one. Bruce Springsteen there are, there did are one. A little, there's a lot of them. Didn't even uh, Tim, Justin Timberlake, Timberlake did one. Yeah, that was good. the infamous one. Oh, that was the one a couple years ago in Minnesota. And then the infamous one with Janet Jackson. That yeah, was also that one wasn't so good. Yeah. When I, when I was in Super Bowl 30, uh, all my family was there. My mom, big Donna Ross fan, had no idea oh. Donna Ross was going to be performing at the Super Bowl. Little treat. Cool. Cool. Nice yeah. little treat for All right. Were the Supremes there, too, or just Diana no, Ross? No, just Donna Ross. Oh, okay. just, just the boss. Well, how many are, are still around? <laughs> but nah, Diana's still around. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get to football now, shall mm-hmm. we? Not the entertainment around football. Uh, Chargers running back Nolvin Gordon ending his holdout. He won't play this week. He's got to be on the roster for eight games to get the final year of his contract to become a free agent, but he's back after holding out and got zero dollars. That that's what Melvin Gordon accomplished. Okay, what's that? A, an L oh, by okay. holding out. Wow, <clears throat> he took a huge L. Yeah, yes. I mean he made he made a mistake. He he, he held out and he has he had, he had no leverage, and all he did was cost himself money. 
And now what will be interesting, will will the team institute the fines that he's accumulated in his absence? Because they could end up trying to essentially make uh, make him pay for all the things that he's already missed because he was under contract. And that's $1.2 million in fines. Yeah. That he's going to have to pay. <laughs> and don't you think this, you got to think this as well. If he if he came back and he was ready to go and he passed the physical, do you think they will get him ready to play on Sunday? Or is that them sending a message like, we really don't need you? Mm. I don't know. Mm. If he's healthy past and he comes in and he – He's ready to play. And I wouldn't, say I wouldn't Sunday, make him active the first they, week. Well, they said they got to get him acclimated to football. Sure. Yeah, okay. Ten days. Well, I mean, like like Zeke. Zeke took him how long? Like a couple days? Did it take him a couple <laughs> days? Yeah. Now, remember who the Chargers are playing this week. The Dolphins. So, yeah. does that have anything to do with it, you know? Uh, no. Gee. I mean, I don't think you'd take that into consideration. Well, you could but rest him for another the, week but and the, get him back. I think five. the fact of the matter is, as Melvin Gordon accomplished nothing with his holdout. And that was a mistake on his part. Well, yeah, he had to come back because if he had sat out a year, he would have had another year of unrestricted. He would have been under contract again exactly. for the same amount that he just exactly. bypassed. Mm-hmm. Saints quarterback Drew Brees said on a radio interview in New Orleans that he hopes to beat the odds and gets back from his thumb injury earlier than the six-week prognosis originally. The doctor inserted an internal brace, Brees said, and that allows him to remove the cast in a couple of weeks to begin rehab. If if Drew Brees thinks that he should or could come back in less than six weeks, I got some diamonds I want to sell. Mm. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> he pulled one mm. out there. Okay. <laughs> because It's close to home for Drew. I mean, the, look, look, the reality is is uh, you, can't, you can't change what medically is needed for the body to heal. Um. If he does come back earlier than that, here's the one thing he is doing. He is putting his body and his career at risk because he's, his body won't be healed if he comes back sooner than six weeks. Some people even say that it should be like a three-month healing process. Mm. So Anyway. Well, he got a lot of advice. Like Mike Trout, baseball player, had this similar injury. <clears throat> he went to a couple other people who had it. Yeah, well, you know. baseball. I know. It's yeah. different. Well, you know, football players, sometimes we could be our worst enemy. We can be. And he probably needs to heal on this injury. He's a quarterback, and it's his, it's his throwing thumb. Yes. Last time I checked, that's a, a, a critical part of the playing quarterback position. In most offense. So you yes. might want to make sure that that's healed before you try to come back. At Navy, you can get away with that because they're here, on the here, option. Here's a question that I have. <laughs> if Teddy Bridgewater came out, Stunk it up, Leon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would Drew Brees be coming back, coming out saying the same thing? No, he wouldn't. <laughs> or is he Drew would Brees not. going, yeah, that's my job, and we're winning without me, and that's not the way I kind of envisioned it. Mm. Anyway, just saying. Nice job, well, by the way. Ted, nice job, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, he did great. In the yeah. locker room speech, did you see that after? It was fantastic. So Teddy was? The, yes. I didn't see it. I mean, nearly broke down in tears in front of the team with the game ball and the whole deal. Good for him, really, man. Really I'm really happy for him because, you know what, Teddy Bridgewater's been through yeah. a lot. Yeah, he has. He's been through yeah. a lot. Listen, and, I remember that kid in high school when I, used to, when I was right. coaching. I used to go to Northwestern and watch the kid. Phenomenal. Mm, Phenomenal in high school. Saquon Barkley, speaking of injuries, suffered a high ankle sprain last week, but after a second opinion, he will not have surgery, expected to miss more than a month. Well, high ankle sprains are typically about eight weeks. 
that right? Two yeah, about eight weeks, two months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you would rather have a break, I think, in some cases than a than a high ankle. So uh, that'll be an interesting watch and pretty interesting because Saquon Barkley, the the topic of him kind of came up in the preparation for this Broncos game because. The next running back who has the most total yardage output behind Barkley is Philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. who the Jaguars will face. So here you got this, you know, top pick of the draft in Saquon Barkley, who obviously is a phenomenal player. And then the next closest guy to him is an undrafted guy that, that ended up signing with the hometown team, the Broncos, and it's Philip Lindsay. So anyway, uh, I hope Barkley heals quickly. And the reason why is because Daniel Jones would like to have him in New York. And by the way, congratulations to Daniel Jones. He played pretty well last yeah. week. Really well last week. Yeah, new game. era. Yeah, right? Yeah, new era. And didn't didn't everybody criticize the pick of Daniel Jones? Yeah, well, guess who picked him in the mock draft on this radio program? Oh, you did. Yes, JP. I did. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you and did. I got mocked for that mock draft. I like I like Daniel and Jones. And who's, who's laughing now, Leon? Yeah, you get the last Me. laugh. Me. So far. I'm laughing yeah, my, my two guys Tony that I liked in the draft, wrong. I liked Haskins and I liked Daniel Jones. I thought they were both uh, really good options. I was not a big Kyler Murray guy. Um, he looks tiny out there. Yeah, just he small. Looks tiny. Right? <laughs> small. The other guy that probably looks smaller in the league, and I don't know if, if you saw the highlights of him, Leon, but uh, the wide receiver, Brown, for the Baltimore Ravens. Marquise Brown. Oh, you're talking about Antonio Brown. Remember we Brown's saw cousin. him in Baltimore? Yeah, we yeah. saw him in Baltimore. He is, yeah, he's I mean, small. You he's, talk about small. He's fast, though. Yeah, he's oh, fast. he's fast, he's and, he, and he's, he's good. He's going to have to be fast. Better be. I would, I would, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you that if I were the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, if I saw him in person, I'd go, ain't no way. I can't, draft, I can't draft him. He's too small. But he's a good football player now. Yeah. All right, final thought here, Thursday Night Football tonight. We'll hear from Tony Vaselli coming up in the second part of the Doug Marone Show. He is at Lambeau Field tonight, but the Eagles at 1-2 and two face the Packers 3-0 and oh at Lambeau. Who you got tonight, guys? Leon, what do you think? Um, you look, I, I've got Green Bay winning it, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't been Aaron Rodgers-esque. And I don't know how long that's going to last. The defense has kept them in games. Defense, yeah, the second defense, they're ranked number two behind the Patriots. They're only allowing 11.9 points a game. They got eight turnovers. So they've been covering. They've been covering the Patriots, I mean, the, the uh, Packers uh, for the last three games. But it's hard to win a Lambo. It's hard to win a Lambo. And, and the Eagles, they're decimated with injuries. They got a couple of guys coming back. I know uh, the wide receivers coming back. Um, Jeffries, he, I think he's going to be back. Sean Jeffries, yeah. going to be back for the game. That might help a little bit, but. Uh, I, I just don't see the Eagles going in there. And this is a, they have to win this game. They can't go into the division with the Cowboys undefeated and be oh, one and three. They might. So, I mean, they they might, they might end up being that way. But Here, Here's the reality. The success rate of a road team on a short week, Thursday night football, is not very good. Take the home team every time. Right. Packers. Mm-hmm. You got the Packers. Packers. I'll take the Packers, too. Okay. Because okay. you're right. Aaron Rodgers will turn into Aaron Rodgers at some point as well to match that defense. So. There you have it. That'll do it for our program tonight. Leon, we'll talk to you on Sunday. You got it. Uh, for the Public's Tailgate Show. And Logs, I'll talk I'll to talk you. I'll talk to you in like, like two minutes. Yeah. Okay. When the sure. Barone Show sure. begins. That's the next program coming up. The uh, Jags and the Broncos coming up. Final thought here, fellas, real quick. Jaguars get it done this Sunday? Leon? If they can run the ball and be balanced, yes. I believe they could get it done. 
I, I, I wrote this for uh, for Johnny O's article. I think the the team that ends up getting their first defensive takeaway of the season wins. Aha. Uh-huh. Hmm. Huh, because neither, neither team has a defensive takeaway. I like that. So I think it's going to be a close football game. Okay. Real close football game. Tough environment? Mile high? One of, one of the toughest. Uh, this is this is right on par with uh, Kansas City. And uh, uh, the altitude makes it even tougher. I was about to say, you can't breathe. <laughs> I was questioning my conditioning doing warm-ups. Trust me. We're back in a moment. The Doug Marone Show is right after this. Thanks for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.